what good is an apple tree that doesn't produce apples? What do you do with it? What good is a grapevine that doesn't produce grapes? What good is a coffee plant that doesn't grow Bustelo beans, right? I mean, what good is that? This is not good for anything. How about this? What good is a Christian that doesn't produce the fruit of the Spirit? Today we're going to be wrapping up our series. This is what we've been talking about this whole time. And what we've mentioned is that there's this tug of war that we all experience. On one side of the rope, on this tug of war, there's the sinful desires that we battle with. We spoke about the works of the flesh that we deal with, and it's, and it's pulling on this, 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 this rope, and, and we all struggle with it. Things like envy and jealousy and outbursts of anger and drunkenness. So the works of the flesh, and, and it's pulling on the rope. On the other side, on this tug of war, is the fruit of the Spirit. And these are the things that the Holy Spirit produces inside of us and that is demonstrated through us. Things like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. These are the, the fruits of the Spirit. The question that we've been wrestling with is which side of the rope is pulling stronger? Which side has the greater pull? We all feel the tension. That's not a question. We all feel that tension between the temptation to submit to our sinful desires and, and, and what the Holy Spirit desires for us to live and to model. And, 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 and that, that pull is very real in each and every single one of our lives. But what we're learning is that we want to surrender to the Holy Spirit's leading. What Paul is going to call that today in our passage, he's going to say it's walking in step with the Spirit. That's what we want to do. What exactly does that mean? That's what we're going to attempt to answer today. What does it mean to walk in step? If this is your desire, if this is what you want in your life, more of the fruit of the Spirit and less of the works of the flesh, then we're going to, we're, this is what we have to do. We need to walk in step. So what does it mean? What does it mean to walk in step? Number one is that we daily crucify our sinful flesh. We daily crucify our sinful flesh. Look how Paul said it in verse 24. He said, now those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? Say that out loud. Have crucified, crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. Now, if you know how cruel and crude a Roman crucifixion was, then you would know how gruesome of a word picture Paul just painted here. Mm -hmm. A crucifixion was among the most barbaric and bloody and disgusting sights to see and to experience. And Paul says, walking in step with the Spirit means crucifying the flesh and its passions and desires. Martin Luther paints the picture this way. He quotes this. He said, to resist the flesh is to nail it to the cross. Although the flesh is still alive, it cannot very well act upon its desires because it is bound and nailed to the cross. You see that picture? The flesh, along with its sinful passions and desires, it's alive. It's, it's trying to come alive in your life. But when you nail it to the cross, it's powerless. Why did Paul use such a vivid picture? 
I think he did it because, first of all, he wanted to remind us of how severely God dealt with our own sin through Jesus' bloody and gruesome crucifixion in our place. Later, we're going to partake in communion. I'm going to invite you guys to to partake in communion. And and it's to remind us of Jesus' blood, the blood that he shed and his body that was broken for us as the perfect sacrifice and the Lamb of God. So I think Paul paints it that way to remind us of that. I think he also uses this picture to remind us of the words of Jesus. You guys remember Jesus said that we ought to pick up our cross daily and follow him. You see, we don't get to coast in a comfortable and pain-free Christianity. It costs us something, crucifying the desires of the flesh in order to follow Jesus. Which I think leads to the fact that Paul uses this picture of crucifixion because putting the flesh to death is painful and it's difficult. The urge, the desires, the pull of the flesh, it's very strong. Every sinful urge within you is at war with the Spirit's influence in your life. Walking in step with the Spirit means that we don't entertain, we don't cuddle our flesh like a cute little pet, we crucify the flesh. Number two, walking in Spirit means that we follow the Spirit's leading. And Paul says it this way in verse 25, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in in step with the Spirit. A pet peeve of mine, personally, a pet peeve of mine is when people don't follow the leading and the prompting of the signs at BJ's. Or or really, the entrances to the mall at at BJ's. You guys know you've been there. There's an entryway that's marked exit. There's another one that's marked entrance. And then there's a third one. That's always closed for some reason. I don't understand why. But it so bothers me that people do not follow the Spirit's leading through the signs that are marked on the sliding doors of the mall. People exit through the entrance and they enter through the exit. And guess what happens when you follow the promptings of the signs? When you exit through the entrance, somebody else is coming in and and inevitably you're, you're bumping into them, right? All right, that, that's a kind of a bad example. Listen, many of you don't know this, but Melissa and I are classically trained professional dancers. A lot of you don't know this. In fact, I think we got a picture of one of our last performances that we did here. I, I know you can probably find it on YouTube somewhere, I'm sure. But in, in dancing, in dancing, one person leads and the other person follows in step with the person's leading. When it's coordinated... You have a beautiful dance routine. When it's out of whack, <laughs> then they're stepping on our toes, and inevitably somebody might trip and fall. Keeping in step with the Spirit means that the Spirit of God exists. The Spirit of God leads and guides. We walk alongside of His promptings. And Paul says, if we live by the Spirit, If we live by the Spirit, the word if implies that if you claim to be in Christ, then the logical outcome is to be in step. If you're a genuine follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And He's speaking to you. And He's guiding you. And He's correcting. And He desires to produce fruit in you. Are you walking in step with the Spirit? You know, and I absolutely love the fact that you guys catch catch this again. Paul says, verse 25, 
If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. That stood out to me this week because Paul is including himself in this conversation. Paul, the church planter, Paul, the missionary, Paul, the Bible writing Paul, includes himself. He says, I need to walk in the Spirit as well. I need to walk in step with the Spirit. I need to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Pastors, leaders, quote-unquote professional Christians, long-time Christians, seasoned followers of Jesus, we don't get to graduate from walking in step with the Spirit. We all need to. And the last thing, number three, is that we humbly live out our faith. Walking in step with the Spirit means that we humbly live out our faith. And Paul said in verse 26, Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You know, it's, it's interesting because uh, when I first read this, next week we're going to start a new series, and we're going to be in Galatians chapter 6, and, and it feels like uh, this verse seems like it ties in with what we're going to be talking about next week. And, and a lot of uh, a lot of theologians and stuff seem to think like it's like like it's a floating verse that doesn't belong here. But I think it actually does imply. Here's how it does. We're all in in different places on our spiritual walk. We're all in different places on our spiritual journey. Everybody here. Perhaps you were brought up in an environment where, you know, you you learned about your sin and your need for a savior early on. Maybe you were introduced to the gospel and you came to faith at an early age. And, and maybe now you're a little bit more seasoned in your walk and you've learned to identify the spirits leading in your life. Or maybe you're early on in your walk, in your faith walk. You're familiar with Jesus and the Bible, but maybe you're honest with yourself. You have a lot more questions and answers and you're kind of early on in your spiritual journey. You're still learning to yield to the spirits leading in your life. We're all in different places. And I think what Paul is telling us here in this verse, Paul is warning us that regardless of where we are in our spiritual journey, we shouldn't become conceited, provoking, or envious of others. Be on guard not to be conceited or think more highly of ourselves than we should. In other words, to believe that you're the hot stuff and, and to gloat in your spiritual maturity and your ability and to, uh, to identify and yield to the Spirit. The word that we would use here is self-righteous. Don't become self-righteous and conceited, thinking, oh man, I'm a little bit further along in my journey. Oh, everybody else stumbling on you know, this stuff. I got the Spirit. I hear the Spirit. I follow Him. Don't become conceited. Be on guard not to provoke other, others. In other, words, in other words, not to shame others or make others feel bad about where they are on their spiritual journey compared to where you currently are. Instead of provoking, what about helping others grow in their walk with Christ? What if you studied the Bible with someone who was a little bit newer or growing in their faith? Or what if you sent them Bible verses and words of encouragement? What if you prayed with them to help them grow in their walking and step with the Spirit? Be on guard not to envy others. If maybe you believe that they're a little bit further along in their spiritual walk than you. You think, man, you know, I, I, that person is so mature in his walk with Christ. I continue to stumble. I wish I was like them. Don't envy them. 
because everybody is on a spiritual journey. Everybody's on a journey just like you. And there's no need to be envious of anybody else. Paul said we are to keep in step with the Spirit. And keeping in step means that it's a process. Otherwise, if it's not a step, you're just standing still. That means you, you've arrived to your destination. But if we're in step, that means that we're continuing to move. And that means that it's a process. And it's a process that is daily. It's a daily surrendering. It's a daily listening. It's a daily obeying. It's a daily submitting to the Spirit and allowing God to produce fruit in you. If you need to get somewhere fast, you can run, you can bike, you can take a, a, an Uber. But when we, come to our, when we talk about our faith, we say it's our walk with Christ, which means that we're walking in step with the Spirit. Swerve, I'm praying for you. And uh, in particularly, I'm praying, I'm praying a lot for me that we might produce more fruit. I'm praying for love. I'm praying for joy. I'm praying for peace. I'm praying for patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. I'm praying all those things for me. And I'm praying that for each and every single one of you as well as we learn to walk in step. As we uh, partake in communion, I'm going to invite um, uh, Hunter and, and Tiffany. They're going to come up here and they're going to lead us in one final song. And I'm going to invite you guys to take in, partake in communion. In the back, the communion cups are there. As they sing, uh, as they lead us in this final song, at, at your leisure, you can go back there, grab, grab the cup and the juice and partake in communion. But as we do... Remember the work of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin and new life. And, and as you partake in communion at your own leisure there, at your seat, take time to reflect. Take time to repent and ask the Holy Spirit to produce fruit in you and to empower you to walk in step with Him. God, I pray for me, God. Lord, I, I, I know I need more and more of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. I need to hear the Spirit speak louder and guide me and empower me to walk in step, to speak louder than those sinful, fleshly desires within me. And it's a real war, God. And I know I can't be alone in this, Lord. Can't be. So, God, I just want to pray for every single person in this room that even as we open up the Bible, even as we sit in church, the war of the, the flesh between the, the, the flesh and the spirit is warring right now, tempting us. So, God, I just pray, please, God, that we may yield to the Spirit. That we may hear your voice. That you would speak loud and clear to us. I pray, God, not only for our sake, but also for the sake of the world. As there's so much suffering and confusion, not to mention hostility and division, 
that the world may see a church that is full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. By God, it is only by the power of your spirit, Lord. So Lord, I just pray, may your spirit be stronger in us than that of the the war of the flesh within us as well, Father. Thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ shed to wash away all our sin for the resurrection of Jesus so that we can have not only the promise of an eternity with our Father, but renewed purpose and hope right now. For that, I'm grateful, Lord. We come to you with repentant hearts. We come to you with humble hearts. And Spirit of God, we pray that you might lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.